Motorsport 411 presents all the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411 with Sean Cardavillis. Welcome to Motorsport 411, your home for all your four and two-wheeled action in Africa. Coming up in this episode, we go behind the scenes of the ARC Zambia Rally. And we delve into the chaos that unfolded over the weekend at a superbike event at Whistling Moran in Nathi River. All the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome to this episode. Now the ARC Zambia Rally was held last weekend. And there was plenty of drama with the home hero Leroy Gomes suffering a mechanical failure on the final stage. We spoke to Gomes about that incident. Leroy, thanks very much for speaking to us. Um, it was an incredible battle between you and Flash. Uh, in the end, it came down to uh, who had the worse luck than each other. <laughs> Absolutely right. I mean, that's, that, that's what it came down to. It was a great battle. Uh, you know, I was talking to Flash and said, you really upped my game. It's, I think, the hardest I've ever driven. And, and, and we had so much fun. But yeah, it, you know, we, we ended up having the worst luck. Uh, we had a mechanical failure. You know, a tie rod didn't snapped. I think it had a slight hairline fracture and you couldn't really see it. And, we, you know, we came around the corner. We, we had seen, you know, uh, Carl and we know, okay, wow, you know, we, we've caught him again. He must have had another flat tire. And uh, I mean, the, you know, my mind was, we just managed the race, just keep close enough behind, don't do anything heroic, and, and we've got this. But you know, as, as the rally gods would have it, <laughs> it, it wasn't meant to be. And like literally 500 meters after we, we spotted him, you know, we came over uh, you know, a little bit of a sharp brow, but you know, you're in a gear three controlled gear three over this, this brow, you know, slight, slight break, left foot break over it. And as soon as we got down, put full power, trying to get into gear four, Tyrodin just snapped and shot us off off the route. Um, you know, missed some big trees, hit some small ones, but it you know ultimately never got any any major damage to the car. But that was rally over. Nothing we could we, we could do. How disappointing was it for you and Ursula, uh, knowing that you were so close? Uh, just 11 seconds between you and Flash uh, in the second last stage, heading into the last stage. How disappointing was it for you guys? When it happened, you know, Ursula didn't quite know what was going on. I knew we were out because of the, you know, I heard the sound and saw that how the car reacted. Uh, my my heart sank. Um, it was really gut wrenching. I, I think, you know, in, in my head, it's like, look, all this hard work we put trying to keep up with him and we really drove our hearts out. We're close to, to making it happen. We're going to win this. And then for all of that just to change, man, it was it was sad. We sat there, licked our wounds. I think we had a, a couple of fans maybe shed a tear or two for us. <laughs> but, but you know, for me, it's it's rally. It, you know, we had at least got to, to show Africa that we've picked up our pace and it was exciting just to compete against Flash. A quick word about Flash and Tim. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant guys. Um, you know, just, you know, such positive people with so much positive energy, brilliant drivers. I mean, you know, the, if, if you definitely go to a party, they are the, the, the light of the party. I mean, we had a good laugh, you know, you know, the, you know, the night of the, the rally afterwards. Just have so many amazing stories to tell you about rally and just the stuff that they do. So amazing as a team, amazing drivers, um, extremely professional 
and 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 we learned a lot even just from them over over the period of the rally. So for for me to 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 Tim and and Carl, well deserved victory, excellent drive, and and thank you for the lessons. The organization of the rally, uh, how did it go personally? Um, we heard nothing but positive things uh, from Flash and Tim, uh, uh, particularly about the hosting of it. Uh, you know, they, they they said the Zambians were so accommodating. Uh, how was the organization from your side personally? You know, Zambia, we, we always happy-go-lucky, very accommodating, I, I think. And, and everyone in the rally fraternity knows of Flash and knows of Tim. So, you know, very, for them, it's like a homecoming and, and, and an honor to see one of the greatest uh, drivers in Africa. The event ran well. We had no incidents. Safety was, was on point. We, we, we struggled to keep to itinerary. So there was a lot of challenges from an organizational point of view. But I think, you know, the one thing as, as a competitor we can be happy of is it was safe. There was no major incidents. There was no accidents. Um, and, and that is key. And that is what FIA really, really nails on is, is the safety. Um, I think we had a lot of challenges from an organization standpoint. But we, we are grateful to, to the sponsors and the organizing team for still pulling it off in spite of all the challenges that we had. Leroy, can you clarify for us? Uh, there was word going around that there was no electronic timing uh, during the event. Uh, can you clarify that for us? We have a system but the system's been, I think, um, not maintained as well. So you find that we, we were being counted down manually a lot of the time because you know, of faulty equipment or not well-maintained equipment. In terms of times, I don't think there was any you know, major errors uh, you know, among the competitors. You know, it was still as accurate as, as possible. Um, we still used GPS clocks and everything. But you know, the, the main issue that didn't, we didn't have was the displays. Um, at the end of the TCs, you you are not uh, privileged to have the displays that will give you where you can actually see as a as a competitor. Maybe one stage or two might have had, but um, all in all, it was a lot of it was manual countdowns. Yeah, so yeah, we did have electronic challenges. That's Zambia Rally Champion Leroy Gomes. Now South Africa's Guy Bottrell finished second overall at the ARC Zambia event. Um, the rally in Zambia was a. Um a good rally, but uh, very tough. Uh, we raced in, uh, obviously, Lusaka. Um, that's where Wildcat uh, head offices is, and uh, we had a huge amount of support. The Zambian rally is uh, like a home rally for us. Um, obviously, I've raced in Zambia quite a bit. Um, so I knew two of the stages. The rest of the stages were all brand new to me. It was incredibly hot, incredibly dry and dusty. And uh, we had to compete with uh, two R5s, obviously Coltundo and uh, Leroy Gomes. So uh, we knew our work was cut out for us. Um, after the qualifying stage, we were less than 0.1 of a second um, between us. So it was very, very tight. And um, going into the first stages on Saturday, we ended up third. And um, I think we won one of the stages as well. Um, so we were quite chuffed about that. And the car was running a lot better. We had uh, sorted out a lot of the problems that we had in Kenya and in Tanzania. So uh, we were actually quite happy with the pace of the car. And then on Sunday, um, we started picking up a few issues. The, the gear lever linkage broke. Um, so I had to drive two stages in third gear. So we lost a hell of a lot of time doing that. And then um, we also picked up um, some overheating issues again. Um, you know, we haven't driven the car in such um, big heat. It was even hotter than, than Kenya, I think. 
um, and with very very dry conditions and also the roads were quite rough uh, I think the the last couple stages were uh, quite hard on the cars um, lots of lots of soft sand but we we managed to finish the rally in second place behind Cole which is um, you know we're quite relieved because it still keeps us in the hunt for the championship and if Cole happens to slip up anywhere along the line um, hopefully we can uh, capitalize so you know it's really always great to race against uh, Cole and Tim great guys uh, I get on very well with them actually although they are uh, number one rivals but uh, we we seem to get on quite well with each other so that's always nice to race with uh, professional people and mature racing drivers like that so it's really good but yeah other than that uh, we're just getting ready for Rwanda uh, we are racing in South Africa next weekend with the S2000 so um, yeah we've got a lot of racing coming up now and a lot of preparation to do on the cars and get everything ready so uh, we're looking good that's South Africa rally champion Guy Botterill now five times Safari rally winners Carl Tundo and Tim Jessup uh, dominated the ARC Zambia rally to win their first event on Zambian soil here's winning navigator Tim Jessup <laughs> Tim, uh, thank you very much for speaking to us. Uh, first of all, uh, once again, extremely tight, and we can see that your tire-changing skills with Flash uh, came into play. Yeah, um, a, a little bit more than we had uh, hoped for. Um, we had to do, what, three tire changes. Uh, but uh, we're getting it down to a fine art and getting faster. Yeah, we saw uh, during the Kenya National Rally Championship as well how fast uh, you can change a tyre with Flash. Uh, do you guys do any uh, rehearsals or anything uh, behind the scenes or, or is, does it just come down to experience now? I think a little bit of both, Sean. I mean, the car is set up so that everything is easily accessible and mounted and uh, faster to get the tools in and out. Uh, Flash has decided to help a little bit more, so that's also helps. Just throw it in! <laughs> But uh, yeah, we, we do occasionally do the odd practice run just to sort of uh, sharpen the skills uh, to get the tire changes done faster. So I think we got it down to a minute 40, minute 45. Go, go, go! Incredible stuff. Uh, can you put into your own words, uh, through your own words, uh, what happened on that final stage? Uh, we've spoken to Leroy Gomes and, uh, you know, it was really dramatic uh, with his part failure, but then also you guys having the puncture and having to drive that last stage with a puncture. Yeah, I mean, the first time round, um, we also got a puncture and stopped. And we we're trying to sort of work out how we picked it up. Could it have been a sort of a embedded rock and couldn't really identify where on, on the 28Ks that that had happened or the area of the 28 Ks. And then, uh, lo and behold, we found out exactly where it is. It's, it was over, uh, over a brow under braking coming into a, a, a T junction, right. And there must've been on my line, which is the right hand side. There must've been an embedded rock that sort of hadn't moved, but had been un unearthed as more and more cars went through it. And we hit the same rock again. So we actually changed punches virtually in the same place. Uh, so on, so on the last loop, we changed that puncher and then, um, obviously you're trying to get back into the rhythm and we came over a brow and there's a right hander over a brow and there's a, a rock again on my line and we hit, hit my side again. Um, and we had about 10 Ks to go. So we just decided let's, let's run on it. Hopefully the tire will come off. Um, won't do too much damage. 
Um, but it was actually lucky that we did stop because when we got to the end, we also found out that the jack handle had come off, uh, which meant we couldn't have used it anyway. So that was just would have wasted more time. So, yeah, I think the right decision, although it sort of costed us some body body work, um, and drove for drove for 10k's on it. No, close. Lucky, lucky. Incredible stuff. Uh, your first victory in Zambia. Uh, how important was that? Um, it was awesome. Uh, really cool experience. Lusaka is a great place, and um, and the hosts were amazing. Unfortunately, uh, it is a long way for the crew who uh, had to drive all the way down. I think it's just over two thousand k's. Um, they're actually all on their way back now. Um, we actually forget how big Zambia is. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a vast drive. But uh, yeah, overall experience was brilliant and um, and glad to have won it. The uh, partnership with Minty, it's really paying off. Uh, you know, it's, it's proving to be uh, an awesome year for you and Flash, uh, leading both the Kenya National Rally Championship and the Africa Rally Championship. But it's also proving to be extremely tight in terms of time uh, in between events. Yeah, you know, with our, with our friend COVID, um, it hasn't really helped the matter by condensing a lot of the rallies altogether. It's great that we're winning the, uh, or leading the, um, the local championship with Top Fry, thanks to Wonka there. And, and obviously the, the ARC opportunity with, with Minty and, uh, and Joey Gosh, uh, to do that too. But yeah, all, all fairly hectic, um, and, uh, time consuming. I know it's early days yet, Tim. Uh, I could see through social media that it's being hinted by Minty that uh, you may keep the polo next season. Uh, any word at the moment? No idea, to be honest, Sean. Um, at the moment, I'm just focusing on this year and making sure we do the, the final rounds right and, and get everything in order. Um, be ashamed to come this far and uh, go through so much time um, the last couple of months to, to get it wrong at the last sort of hurdle. So, yeah, that's where, where sort of my focus and our focus is, is on at the moment. Nanuki, just around the corner, um, I guess, once again, you'll be using the Evo? Yeah, I think the, um, the, the plan to use the Polo is sort of cut short because of a, the, the journey that the team are having to do, bring it back, would mean that the, the uh, time, frame, time frame is quite sort of short to get it ready. Um, and the last puncture didn't, didn't help much either by ripping off half the, uh, the body panels on the rear right. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll be running the the Evo. Now it's really tight uh, in the Kenya National Rally Championship, uh, particularly between you and Boldy, and then uh, there's Karen who's not too far behind. Now the main factor has to be the car. Uh, you're using the Evo, and Boldy getting to grips with the R5. Um, how do you think that's going to affect you in terms of the championship? Uh, obviously, you have very little choice at the moment uh, because of the Polo being uh, prepared for the Africa Rally Championship and having to use the Evo. Uh, but do you feel you're at a disadvantage uh, compared to the likes of Boldy and Curran? Um, yes, of course. I mean, having driven the Polo and back into the Evo 10, you know exactly where, where that Polo is strong. It's on every single corner. Uh, breaking late and powering out. Um, the Evo 10 is is uh, certainly underpowered, but you know uh, the, the, we had the same thing when we were in the Polo and Baldi was in the 10. He was at a disadvantage, so it swings and roundabouts. It's it's um, whether you've got the chance to drive a, a Polo or not. But it is what it is, and we'll go and make the most of it. And, and like we sort of saw in some of the other rounds, is everybody can have problems. So we'll just uh, do the best we can. Uh, we are speaking to Boldy. Um, obviously, 
the atmosphere is very different uh, within the men and guys sponsored teams with our Onka and Tej at the moment. Um, how does it feel for you guys, uh, you know, having a much smaller team and service crew there compared to usual? Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a nice feeling to, to miss, um, first of all, our friends and, and obviously what happened with, uh, with, with Tej. Um, and it also puts a big, uh, dent on, on the actual rallying scene completely. I mean, what have we got? Ideally, we've got three, three cars roughly in the same sort of times, time frames and then a huge gap to, um, fellow competitors. Um, what's, what, the uh, the Rye Group and Top Fry and, and Menengai have have given to the sport over the years is a, is certainly um, seeing a, the dent by them they're missing now, um, which is yeah we we miss them. Finally, Tim, uh, we don't see your entry for the Mini Classic. Uh, I know you've got a really really tight schedule at the moment. Uh, do you see you guys uh, competing in the Mini Classic? Um, I think so. Not too sure yet. Um, whether we use it for the TR shakedown or try flashes um, off-road car, um, but yeah, we're not too sure yet. Um, like, like like you said, time is time is short, and there's too much going on. <laughs> Rallying doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> uh, for you, obviously, it's really really tight at the moment. Uh, how are you coping? You've got work, uh, family, and also all this rallying at the moment. Very tight, uh, quite challenging, and um, yeah, work comes first. So. Uh, we try and work around it, and obviously we've got great support from from Meningai Top Fry here locally. So we're we're still flying the the flags for for them, and um, obviously they've they've supported us for eight or nine years now, which is superb. Um, and Baldy likewise um, on the Aquamus. So um, yeah, I mean the, the the support of of the group um, in the rallying scene is still there, but obviously um, missing missing Onker and uh, and Tej too which is a big, a, a big impact on us. That's winning navigator Tim Jessup. Uh, we'll be back. All the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome back. Those are some of the sounds of the chaotic scenes at Whistling Moran on Sunday. The venue of a superbike event run by Raceline Club. Live tear gas and there is no chaos that was caused. Huh? Live bullets. Live bullets. Yeah. Is, is this an no environment or something like this? They shot. There is protesting. someone who's live. There is someone who's live. No one was protesting. Before we continue, we did try to get some words from Cheryl Kibaki, the chairperson for the FIM in Kenya. Uh, but due to court orders, she cannot speak. Uh, we will try to get some words from her in a future episode. But in the meantime, we spoke to national spokesperson for Raceline Club, uh, Kennedy Morete, and he described uh, what happened on Sunday. The first thing that came comes into my mind when I think about Sunday is that we have a road that is uh, coming into the system that's affecting the sport, that's the motorcycle racing sport in Kenya, that cannot be let continue or cannot be excused any further. We cannot have uh, police officers storming into a private venue with no paperwork, no court orders, no warrants, nothing, coming and 
parking their vehicles, guns blazing, starting to fire at people with no reason whatsoever. Uh, under the pretext that they have received phone calls from high offices that enable them or empower them to defy court orders which have been duly served to their offices. Now, it's being claimed uh, by the FIM body here in Kenya that the club is not sanctioned uh, by them, that the race was not sanctioned. Uh, what, what do you say to that? So, the race line is a registered, duly registered group that did everything that it was supposed to do to make this event happen in the most formal and in the most official and in the most compliant way possible. Unfortunately, due to politics and uh, obviously like uh, efforts from enemies of progress, a few things were not uh, taken into mind. Like, for instance, there was a communication that came from the office of uh, the PS uh, Minister of Sports, and it was a communication that was supposed to go to MSK, but it was not copied to Restline. It was not copied to the owners of Whistling Morans, the host of the venue where this uh, private event are, uh, uh, attended. And we, we feel that that communication was not sufficient to have police officers come to the venue, guns blazing, firing tear gas at everybody, in complete defiance of a court order. Restline upon receiving information that there was such a letter going around on friday went to court in anticipation of bad you know tactics as seen on sunday and they were able to pray to the court to have a court order protecting them from interference with the activities of the 26th by either uh, the ministry by msfk or any of their agents the order was also served upon the police station at the, at the river where the OCS was ordered by the court to facilitate the enforcement of the court order protecting the event from any interference. They received it, but they said that they had not verified the order. Nowadays, court processes are digital. It is very easy for the lawyer who made the application or an, an official from the court to log into the system and show that the order is actually in the system. We did all that. We showed them all that. They were not interested. They did not give us any documentation on their part, which means we cannot even tell who sent them in the first place or whose orders they were acting upon that were giving them the power to defy court orders. That goes without saying. We know that the arm of the government that is executive and the arm of government that is judiciary are completely independent of each other, but they are supposed to respect each other. The judiciary was disregarded completely in this particular issue, and we think that was not right, it, and it should not be ex excused at all. There is no reason. This was a family event, and the police were throwing tear gas. There was also live bullets used. Um, was there any provocation uh, for them to do it? Uh, it's important uh, that we you know, try and get both sides of the story. The, the good thing about this particular event is uh, the moment we noticed that there was a bit of politics going around, we talked to various uh, TV stations and various uh, uh, photographers and videographers to come through to the venue to be able to document what was happening so that we do not have a situation where it is a we said, they said situation. When the police officers began lobbing the tear gas and firing the bullets uh, towards the crowds, I was there. I had a GoPro camera running and they knew it was running. It recorded all the events 15 minutes prior to the lobbying of that tear gas and firing of those bullets to the moment when they were doing it, to the moment when they stopped, when we even decided to share our water with them because I am expecting that they were doing it so that they can provoke the racers 
the, their family members, their sponsors, and their host at Wismulmorans to retaliate by either throwing fire, you know, stones or something. But no, these are people who are cultured. They did not react in a violent way. They did not react in a barbaric way. I can tell you one thing for sure. If there's any interest whatsoever to examine the evidence that is there, the documented video evidence that is there showing what happened prior to, during, and after the police started doing what they did, the evidence can be supplied. We can share the videos with you. We can share all this information with you. It can be authenticated by whoever wants to authenticate. And if anybody feels that there was chaos or any violence or provocation, let them come with the evidence as well. And we'd be more than happy to have it examined by everybody in broad daylight so that transparency can come and see that this was purely a guerrilla tactic and dirty politics and powers from above doing things they are not supposed to be doing illegally in the name of ruining the sport of motorcycle racing in Kenya. Now, what's the way forward? Because um, seeing people there, uh, you had the likes of DJ Styles, uh, former national champion. Uh, Gogo was there as well. Uh, there were a number of very experienced bikers and people who have organized events before who are part of this club. Now, it seems like um, the sport of superbike racing uh, is at a crossroads. Uh, it looks like it's torn apart at the moment. You see, that is the narrative that they want you to see. It is very clear that the motorcycle racing sport in Kenya has been growing to the extent that it is garnering attention from fan And I think someone somewhere feels the need to try and control it to the extent that nothing can happen in the sport that does not go through them or through their office. What is happening at the moment is every Sunday, people who go to the Whistling Morans racetrack to race the go-karts that are provided there will see motorcycles racing on a daily basis to the extent that we have people who travel from far wide every Sunday to come and see people like there's a very big racing team known as the Octane Racing Team. They are there every Sunday and people come from far wide to see the videos of these are all over the internet. And I think that is the thing that is making their some sort of attention of wanting to control the sport because it is growing to a very large extent. This is not about rivalries. This is not about hatred of, you know, one person hating the other. It's about someone trying to take control of the sport so that in case any maybe funds come from either the government or other bodies that want to invest in the growth of the sport, it goes through them. It is a simple thing of trying to take control through force and through guerrilla tactics. Now, speaking to you earlier, you said uh, that Raceline is a registered company. Um, can you tell us uh, how can this be resolved? Right now, it's going to be in court. How can it be resolved? Uh, if you're a registered company, um, then how do you get uh, recognized by the FIM body in Kenya? Because otherwise, it's going to be very difficult for you to go forward as a body. You see, the thing that we're supposed to concentrate on before we start talking about involvement of the FIM and other federations is we have to have something that is worthy of bringing to their attention. You can have the FIM here, you can have other federations coming here, but if you don't have anything to offer, you have nothing to give and the sport is not going anywhere. So what has been done is Raceline and a few other bodies have been registered that enable the development of the sport from the grassroots, such that if we have racers racing on a regular basis, if we have racers who are actually skilled and experienced coming through to these kind of events that are not a national event, but club events and race track days, we will have something to offer and to register. Otherwise, we will register a body that does not have anything to offer to the world. And when the world comes to Kenya to see what we have to offer, they will come and find nothing. 
So we are hoping that these bodies are going to be given the freedom to continue operating legally because that's what they are doing to grow the sport into something that is worthy of presenting to the FIM, presenting to the world so that we do not embarrass Kenyans. Right now, if you look at other disciplines, let's say like athletics, we have athletes who will practice in places like Eton and many other places without any recognition or any uh, sort of oversight from anyone. By the moment they are ready to compete at an international level, now that is when they are presented to bodies like uh, the Athletics uh, NOC, the Olympics Committee. That's when they are presented there. And then they can be, you know, managed at an international level or at a national level for them to be able to present it, to be presented to the world. If we have racers who have not uh, practiced to that extent that we are, you know, we have something to offer. Even if all these relations come to the ground, they, it will be an embarrassment to the country. So let these grassroots events, let these club events be done without uh, interference. We will seek registration in due course. It, as a sports uh fraternity you know fraternity in this sport in due course with the registrar of sports but for the time being we are acting as a club let us work and grow this thing into something big as we work on these other small modalities which should not affect the growth of the sport kennedy uh, well, what's the current state of superbike racing in kenya i would say it is growing and it is getting the right attention and it is getting the right investment from sponsorships the, uh, right now we have uh, very big multinationals like coca-cola we have very big healthcare companies like AAR, aviation industry like uh, bodies like the flight skyward express they are coming through and putting in money investing and supporting this gro the growth of this sport because they can see the potential and they are seeing the things we are doing on the ground we haven't gotten to the level where safari rally is at the moment but we are be we believe that with exerted effort and thing that we are doing at the moment, we'll get to that level. I think if we look at what happened to WRC, they withdrew from Kenya at some point, but the racers did not stop participating in events. And when they came back last year or this year, you see we have been able to put up a world-class event that everybody has spoken about. The same is happening in the motorcycle racing industry, and I think it should be given the attention and support itself. And finally, uh, just tell us about the structure. How many clubs do you have? Uh, how does it work in terms of the calendar? Uh, at the moment, we have uh, a couple of uh, entities. We have uh, the Superbike Association, which has been holding, I think, three or four events a year. And then we have uh, RaceLine through the Road Warriors Motorcycle Community that has been holding uh, several events as well. But uh, from the look of things, traction seems to be going one way, with racers uh, not happy with the organization of some you know, parties. So I would say the structure right now, we have everybody seemingly interested to affiliated with wrestling because of the way wrestling conducts its events if you put emphasis on the welfare of the racers if you put emphasis on the well-being of the sports everybody who knows what is good for the sport will want to be affiliated with you but if now we have bodies that want to play dirty politics want to call their friends in high places and sabotage events of the other group it, it, there's not going to be any development i would say right now the sport is still young but there's so much room for growth and i think what should be, be you know uh, focused on right now is the growth and development of the various motorcycle disciplines that are available in the superbike racing sport in the country that's national spokesperson for raceline club uh, kennedy morete we'll be back
all the four and two-wheeled action. So once again, uh, thank you very much to Leroy Gomes, uh, Guy Bottrell, uh, Tim Jessup and Kennedy Morete. Our thanks as always to Big City Studios. We'll be back next week. I'm Sean Carter-Villas.